time on episode 282 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 1, Missing Pieces. We're talking weekly Marvel news and your feedback. I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast. Life supplies the inputs and we supply the outputs. Part of the Going to Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic and amazing geeky shows at goingtogeeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, May 12th, 2019, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast galactic-wide via www. Dot geeks dot live. Come on and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Mother's Day. Yay! Everybody call your mom. Already did. I'm doing it after this. Did your cats leave you a mom present today? Um, Thankfully, no. That was last night, and I had to clean it up. Yep. Oh my gosh. Todd, our dog, did give me face licks, though. So, got that going for me. I used to have a cat when I was younger he was like my first cat that i really bonded with and he would give me presents of dead mice in my bed and he would then look at me like look mommy and i would have to be like good job good job oh god he's trying to teach you how to hunt (laughs) i know yeah there's that study that says that like cats think that we're just big weird cats that are bad at being cats that would make sense they think we're stupid well it's true (laughs) it's okay cats are stupid too well i'm glad that your cats did not give you a present today and Haley, that you got licked by your dog yeah okay legends of shield is a fan-based podcast on the abc television show marvel's agents of shield which is now back from its 52-week hiatus between season five and season six just this week the multiple marvel small screen series and the marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general Because it's okay, you'll be a butterfly. If you would like to talk to us about being a butterfly, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook at Legends of Shield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter where we're at Legends of Shield. You can see our faces on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And you can join our Discord server chat at gunnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. We're talking Missing Pieces, Season 6, Episode 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week. It aired on Friday, May 10th, 2019. Michelle, who directed the episode? Some unknown guy named Clark Gregg. (laughs) 
Now, Agent Coulson, now Sarge himself, he has four directing credits starting in 2008, including a 2008 film called Choke, 2010 short called A Breakfast Nook, 2013 film called Trust Me, and two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Haley, who wrote this episode? Another unknown, one Jed Whedon. He has 10 writing credits starting in 2004. Three for Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, seven for Dollhouse, a couple of Spartacus, and 21 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a series of which he is one of the co-creators. And Lauren, who was the other co-writer for the episode? Uh, another little unknown you might know as Marissa Tankeron, who has eight writing credits starting in 2003, including Oliver Bean, the TV series, Britney Spears' Live from Miami, the video segments, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog and commentary, the musical, an episode of Drop Dead Diva, a bunch of episodes of Dollhouse, an episode of Spartacus, Gods of the Arena, and a whole bunch of episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's also the co-creator and a producer. Executive producer, showrunner, I believe that we Showrunner is a correct term. Marissa and Jen. She was also the co-producer for Spartacus. So, uh, one of my favorite shows ever. That's Joe. At least they rolled out the red carpet for the A-team for this episode. Way to go, guys. So, Missing Pieces. Haley, that's the title of the episode. We often relate the title to the theme of the episode. So, what do you got for me this time? Well, while watching this episode, my girlfriend and I were doing a puzzle. And we got, like, the whole thing done. And there was a piece of the puzzle missing. So, I don't know how they knew that was going to happen when they wrote the episode. But that's clearly what the title of this episode is referring to. I think there's a lot of crystal balls going around uh, this episode. I think this actually harkens back to last season, right? With the little girl who could foresee the the future. So they might have used her. That must be it. Michelle, is Haley barking up the right tree here? Well, in her world, yes. But in ours, I would say missing pieces would result is about how some of the agents all aren't on Earth. Some of them are in space. Some of the space crew bailed. And now there's, really, now there's only four of them. Obviously, there's missing agents and, you know, on the Earth team. And, there, that's, and of course, you know, Coulson is dead. And that's a big piece that's missing. I would say Deke's missing. I would say that Fitz is missing, at least for the team. And then Coulson is gone. Those were the missing pieces that I saw. Lauren. Do you agree? Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty correct to me. There's also, from the point of view of the audience, the missing pieces of, we know what went on at the end of last season, and we know what's gone on here one year later, but there's a big old chunk in the middle that we're only aware of bits and pieces of what went on. Also, this is, they're living in post-snap world, right? If it's only one year later? Not really, and we'll talk about that l- later. And I was just going to bring up timeline. Where do you think this is? If you had not read anything about where this was, where did you think it was? And Haley, you think it's post-snap, right? Well, it would. I think it would have to be because the end of last season, we had, uh, what's his name, going to fight Thanos. Yep. So there was a Thanos reference last year, and it was around the time of Infinity War. That was the inference. So. 
this being a year later would be post snap. I I would uh, agree with that. Lauren, where did you think this was based on the episode that you saw? Well, it couldn't be in a post snap world. There was no mention of it. Yeah. That would be kind of forefront on everyone's mind. And I sort of read the news item right around the time of leading up to the episode's release. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Now we're just in another offshoot from reality. Which does make sense because they did screw around with the timeline. Yes. All right. Michelle, were you in line with that or were you confused? I actually thought it was a post-snapped world. I was fine with them not talking about it every single minute. It's been a year. Maybe they've already gone through counseling. They're obviously missing Colson, and they're really focused on that being the year anniversary. I'm fine either way, but when I was watching it, I'm just like, okay, they're one year into the five-year span after the snap because it, you know, it's all in-game and they had that five years. So I was thinking, okay, it's plausible that it's post-snap. I was thinking it was supposed to be post-snap, but we weren't missing anybody. So Well, you're missing Deke. Yeah, but nobody else. Statistically, okay. So they're the compensation for the Spider-Man group of kids who all disappeared. Yes, all the Spider-Man's crew, like Circle, conveniently got dusted. And now with S.H.I.E.L.D., nobody got dusted. Balance. We'll talk more about the timeline later, but it is a consideration as you're watching this whole thing. So you do have Zephyr 1 in space, and we find out that it does have the ability to do, what would you call them, hyper jumps? That's the thing that the Hydra had to jump. That's what they're using. Right, but in relation to the actual ship, would you call that a hyper jump, or would you just call that another jump? Uh-uh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a, like a, yeah, I guess a hyper jump's as good a name for it as anything. It was the thing that you had to hold on to in order to be projected somewhere last yeah. season. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, the whole ship is being transported now, and that is how they're able to travel. And uh, apparently the Zephyr is really, really bad on fuel mileage. Well, this is kind of an aftermarket mod for it. It's not its, exactly its primary purpose. And also we find out that everywhere they go, Quake immediately just starts threatening people. She's like, it's a show of force. It shows them we're not supposed to be messed with. And who was it? Was it Simmons? Who's like, yeah, and now people think we're scary, so they start attacking us. They send the big ships after us. Yeah. So really, it's a question of which perspective do you agree with? Oh, we're tiny for humans. Don't hurt us. Or we're humans. Ah! Well, it's not like she came out of the ship just automatically quaking everyone. She was like, hey, we need fuel. We need this. Maybe. And they're like, no, you're going to have to work in our minds or whatever. And she's just went, okay, you know what? I don't really want to hassle. This is just taking too much time. Let me just remove your weapons. And... And I don't really think it was her idea to hang the guy upside down because Gemma was describing in great detail what was happening or could happen to that guy's body as he hangs upside down. 
<laughs> and I thought back to the first time we met Fitzsimmons when they were in the lab. Did we first meet him in the lab or were they boarding the, um, uh, the first bus? I'm pretty sure they were already in the lab when we met them. Okay. Yeah, they were naive back then, but they've been through a lot. I was thinking about that. I mean, the framework, the Ghost Rider, the whole thing last year, the Inhumans. I mean, they've been through a lot. So you have the crew and the crew is been depleted because they are missing people. And it's really just the five of them, right? It's Daisy, uh, the pilot. What's his name? Davis. Davis. Yeah. Davis. Thank you. Davis Piper. Just four of them. It's four. Okay. Just four of yeah. them. Yeah. So you only have four of them left on this ship. And I did watch the season five finale and it was chock full of everybody, including director Mac and yo yo. And it was a full stocked crew as they left. Yeah. Except Mingna was not there. Apparently they just kept leaving people behind because they were like, okay, no, we're sick of this. And by the end, it was just them. They said. Okay, so a ragtag bunch, basically, and they're really trying to find fits. They're going after any trace that was with the ship. And here's another reason to talk about the timeline is because the ship itself that Fitz was on, which did make it into the future in the prime universe, I guess, that mm -hmm. we saw. In let's call it the 616 universe, I guess. Yeah. That we were, that we were started <laughs> from last year. He did make it to the future. And then, Whatever happened, it changed in this timeline because they changed the timeline and the ship actually gets cut in half. And now we spend the episode wondering where Fitz is and if he survived or not. And when Gemma finds the stasis pod, which was in the other half of the ship that made it to the station or wherever they were, they don't find Fitz in there. There's no body in there. There is a blood handprint on the inside. and. They just don't know, but Gemma, they take the pod onto Zephyr One, and then Gemma just gets in it, and it was, oh man, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, her just, again, there's no big outburst, there's no tears, she's just kind of there, and she lies down in it, and it's that whole, like, I just want to be where he's been and see what he saw like the last seconds of life. Just, I want to be close to him for one minute. And that was kind of the thing that triggered her. Oh, hey, I see what's going on moment. Where we find out that she spent the last year learning an alien language. Do you think it would take her a full year to learn the language? Yes. Okay, I'm just going to say that I've been trying. My parents never taught me Spanish growing up. And I've been trying for my entire life to teach myself Spanish. And I'm still really bad at it. So, yeah, learning languages is hard. And it's not yeah. like it's her area of expertise. But there was, I saw a clip and it was like her and Fitz talking about what would you do if you could control time or if you had a wish or something. And Fitz, I think, said, uh, put an extra day in the week, like between Saturday and Sunday. And Simmons said, I'd learn all the languages. Okay. Well, the message that she found leads to somewhere in deep space. I didn't quite follow that conversation. Deep, deep space. Deep, deep. So it's a way away from the earth. So they're going to be way away from the earth. And then probably their jump drive is going to break 
on this well, yeah, last it drop. Like if you looked when they were loading the core thing, whatever, that makes it jumpy, they only had two left and they just used one. So it's going to take a miracle, basically, to get them back home. And they just want to go home. Davis hasn't seen his kid in forever. It se- Was it just me or did Viper and Davis have a thing going on? No, they're just friends. Yeah, I think they're just friends. It was that more like really rival, like, oh, you're gross. Ah, oh, you're gross. Hey, we're buddies. Okay. They've, yeah, it's like like annoying roommates. Yeah, I've picked up on it since last season. I'm so glad, by the way, that we're getting more of them because I really like them. So which one of them are they going to kill? Oh, God, probably Davis. Yeah, he's the one with the kid. He's the one with the kid and he's the pilot. Well. Yep. And she's the one that betrayed them before, too, so... She didn't consciously she didn't. betray them. You need... <sighs> I'm always going to say that. You, no. can't, you can't take audience knowledge and blame the character for not having audience knowledge. That's not fair. Which is why Gata was... A, I will defend Gata from BSG until my dying day, because he did not have audience knowledge. But anyway. But Zarek's a piece of word oh, yeah, I can't no. say on this podcast. Yeah. So they end up having to take the jump through an emergency and Gemma had already loaded the coordinates in and they had to jump then because they were being attacked. And so, boom, they're off to the races to go find Fitz. Well, and she intentionally like took this opportunity of like, we don't have time for a debate, obviously, to <laughs> manipulate everyone into doing what she'd wanted. I already plugged in the coordinates. Oh, no. And there they go off to where she wants because remember back when Simmons was bright-eyed hopeful Simmons and now it's six seasons later and she's been through hell like so many times over and yeah she's just she's done talking we saw her help torture a guy this episode being taken off of the bus without a parachute uh, being dropped at the bottom of the ocean you know without hope of rescue all that stuff, it just adds up. But at the end, we do find the fits that went into stasis. But what the heck happened to him? Drugs. Well, he's speaking alien. Well, maybe he has to inject himself in order to work in the environment because he's not. Obviously, he would be the alien in that environment. And if it's not hospitable, really, to humans, he might have to take something in order because something looked like happened to his eyes so maybe he needs it to see whatever the controller is that he's working for i really don't want him to just be a space junkie oh speaking of which there was this isn't really news but and speaking of simmons y'all remember speaking of simmons storyline when she was on that planet and there was mm-hmm. will the astronaut and and he just kind of was abruptly written off the show and then uh, Hive went into Brett Dalton's character, who yep. I'm blanking out on. Mm-hmm. Ward. Um, Ward, thank you. So there was an interview recently with Dylan Casey, the actor who played Will, about why that happened. He was on opioids at the time. It began to really affect his work. And now he's, been, he's in recovery. He's been recovered for a few years. There's a really good interview with him on the star.com. Adana girl linked it to me. It's not really like Marvel news, 
but like Tamo Pennicut had a link to it back on May 3rd. So glad to hear that he's recovered. If he did not have the opioid issue, he would have stayed on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, he would have. It sounded like continued to be uh, Simmons' love interest. And probably Hive and Ward wouldn't have been Hive. I I don't know. I don't think so. I, who knows how that would have gone, but they, it sounded like they had to rewrite that real quick, but I'm glad to hear that he's doing better Yep. and yep. with things, the way they worked out. I mean, I think it worked out pretty well and everybody don't do drugs. If you need help, reach out. Fair enough. So that is what's going on in space on earth. We have other issues going on all the way from trying to recover the shield academy to a new phenomenology occurring and then a familiar face on the show as well where do you guys want to start with all this there's no more mac and yo-yo oh, that made me so uh, sad yeah they've they've been through a lot yeah we find out that mac has really thrown himself into his position as director of shield and has really withdrawn from a lot of the team, particularly Yo-Yo. They're no longer together. Yo-Yo and one of the new guys are kind of seeing each other. As yeah. in they are actively sleeping together. And May thinks one of them has a crush. Yeah, oh, May thinks like, oh, you have a crush. So May's a bit distracted, it seems. Yeah, that's Agent Keller. He's portrayed by Lucas Bryant. I watched Haven. I know SP also watched Haven. So it was really interesting seeing him going, oh, look, it's Warnos. It's great. It's good to see him on TV again. Yeah, he was the sheriff's son and then ultimately the sheriff in the town of Haven with all that freaky stuff that happens. He's got a strong sci-fi background. He's also been in a couple of Hallmark Channel movies, so he's kept active. And we'll see how long he lasts on the show. But he is not a B actor. He's not a throwaway he is somebody that you would expect to stay on the show for a while. And bravo to him to get kind of the promotion from the Sci-Fi Network to ABC for this. because He's somebody you would expect to have an important death. Yeah, if he gets murdered in the next episode, will you eat a hat? I don't think they would bring him on just for two episodes. But Remember when we said that about Lucy Lawless? Yeah. <sighs> Still not okay. Well, she, would, she didn't okay. die. She just lost a hand, right? Yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah, we find out that Max, he has the black box from Coulson and he's talking to hologram Coulson. Well, more like hologram Coulson's talking to him. and He's still taking advice from it. He's drinking pretty heavily as in going to a bar every like morning, afternoon, evening. He's like, yeah, I'm keeping in touch with the people that I'm supposed to be saving. No, it's it's morning and evening. And then on Sundays, he goes to church. What bar is open in the morning? I mean, there's got to be some. I mean, I know you can go to breakfast places with like mimosas and with Bloody Marys and stuff like that. But bars I, like he was in, I think they open around 11, 12 at the earliest. It depends on the state. There are bars that are open 24 hours. Fair enough. Yeah. And May is talking to him and saying like, you know, we have a lot of brawn, but we need brains. Also, that's how you introduce an LGBT character. Movie writers. Yes. 
Yeah, Dr. Marcus Benson, by the way, is coming on to be the head science department guy, I guess, for the agents and is played by Barry Henley. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all turns out. Yeah, the whole time I was watching, I'm like, I know this guy. I know this guy. Because he's been and in he's been in episodes of everything. Yeah, he's been in everything. He was on Heroes. He was on Veep. He's on Elementary. He's on uh, Flash Forward. He's in, um, I'm looking at his list. It's like, seriously, everything. Law and Order. Better Call Saul. Uh, Oz. Bullworth, how Stella got her groove back. So it is interesting. He also has an alcohol issue that was called out in the episode because his university that he was working in was lightening his load. Also, this was the scene that had me really scratching at the timeline because he was talking about the death of his partner and I didn't understand if it was a snap or if it was an actual you know natural death so that had me all confused this one specific scene as to the timeline i assumed it was a natural death again because of that article i read okay i could i could see that if you were spoiled going in if you weren't like me because i didn't read the article until later this scene I still haven't did, read it yeah anyway uh, they're going to try to do a S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy again. We'll see if that pops out at the end or if it crumbles by the end. We know we have a, another season ahead of us, season seven. So not everything has to be resolved in this specific season. So you've got that going on. You also have the training of uh, Yo-Yo with May. May seems to be taking care of all of the important things for director Mac. I feel like she's also, I don't know. In some ways I feel like she's also thrown herself into the work. And in some ways I feel like she's really lightened up post Colson's death. Like she said, you know, we had longer than we thought together and I'm trying to enjoy things, you know, appreciate them when I have them. She says a lot to Yo-Yo all at yeah. once, and it was probably more than she'd ever spoken to Yo-Yo before. She's one of the few experienced S.H.I.E.L.D. agents left, too. Exactly. And for all that, you know, she's still recognizably May. I, I'm not going to say she felt more lighthearted, but she didn't feel like she had as much of a weight on her as she had in the past. That's true. And I'm, I'm glad she's training people again. It just uh, reminded me of when she was training Daisy. It's always good to see May you know, passing on what she knows. We also had these really weird events, kind of like <laughs> these portals opening up and then people coming through them. There seems to be some sort of rules with these portals that we're not completely familiar with right now. But one of the people that came through was an actor called Brooke Williams. I love Brooke from <laughs> 12 Monkeys. I really did. And she seems to be carrying that same type of character forward as well. And she does it really, really well. 12 Monkeys on sci-fi, by the way, great series. In my opinion, it ended well. And if you haven't had a chance to check it out, check it out. You will see Brooke in the last two or three seasons. I think she was at the end of the season three, but uh, definitely season four and season five. I, I think it was a five season and she turned out to be such a pivotal character. 
she wasn't like a main character, but she was a pivotal character that a lot depended on. And she took the weight really well. And I was really pleased to see her. Of course, I knew she was going to be on because I follow her on Instagram and I saw that she was going to be part of this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season. I saw her in the trailer and we saw some of that, but she definitely can manipulate people as they go along. So that was great. I know her from Spartacus, where she's kind of a small role, but she's so not this character. She's kind of very quiet and then a little bit manic. And then in Almighty Johnson's, where she's also more of this kind of character. Again, it's really nice seeing her again. We also see some of the other in with some of the other a not agents. What would we call them? I don't. I think they're if. If they're calling their leader Sarge, it's got to be like a military strike team. Yeah, whatever they are. Among them, there's uh, this one guy who's like, I was like, oh, he looks familiar. He looks so familiar. The guy who plays Jacko is an actor named Winston James Francis, who's been in a whole bunch of stuff. He's like the big guy in a whole bunch of stuff. He was on a couple of episodes of Sons of Anarchy. He was on a couple of episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was on, if you've ever seen the TV show Happy Together, he was on there. But what I probably know him best from is he's on a couple episodes of Glow as Goliath Jackson. One of the characters is, I think, I think he's one of the characters' father. Or else he's the guy that trains them. I'm, yeah, no, he's the guy that trains him. He's the guy that trains him in the first couple episodes. He's big dude. He's in a bunch of episodes as the big dude. And he's very recognizable. So you have these portals and you have the rules where you can't go through a solid object in order to get out. And apparently the big portal that they're trying to open is in the middle of a museum. So they go in to blow up the museum so the big portal can open and they could bring through their main mobile command center armored vehicle or whatever. I'm sorry. And I just realized... I just realized where I know the whole time I was watching, I was like, where is Agent Fox familiar from? Where is Agent Fox familiar from? Pacific Rim Uprising. He's Cadet Ilya. Uh, well, no, no. The, the portal itself, it's, I guess, it just when it, the guy or timing or something, the second guy, I guess. But I thought it was interesting when they blew up the museum, which is in Muncie, Indiana, and I live in Indiana. So I was kind of <laughs> like just, you know, giggling yeah. about all this. We actually had a space beam. We had the beam going going up. And it's like, oh my goodness, sci-fi trope? Check. <laughs> so they can go, the portals can go through solid things, but you don't know when it's going to close and you might get stuck in the solid thing, as we saw with What's-His-Face, who is now part of that. So if you're going to take something big through, you would like to not have anything to get stuck in, which is why they blew up the museum first. It was so freaky when he reanimated it's like, oh, oh that God. was gross. Oh. It's and they're like, they find out, oh, he's not dead, but he's not alive. And he's not like encased in it. It's part of him. OK, the second they said ley lines, I geeked out because I'm one of those weirdos who loves reading up on just supernatural stuff. I consider myself a skeptic, but I still love reading up on all those supernatural stuff and 
Okay, and also there's a whole bunch of role-playing games and video games and stuff that I like that use ley lines as points of interest or plot points. So yeah, what they explain, what ley lines are or are considered to be are channels of energy, basically, that flow along the earth. And supposedly, where they meet are very powerful points of connection. Like, the energy intersects and the power gets more powerful. And there is a term that they use, or that cement guy uses. It's Quechua, Pachacutic. And it's a concept associated with pre-Columban Andean cultures, meaning a change in the sun or a renewal, a movement in the earth which will bring in a new era. Pachacutic can refer to the completion of cycles of creation and renewal and the coming of a new era. And in recent times, there's some political movements in South America, particularly those seeking to advance indigenous people's rights. Because these people are, you know, kind of seem to be from a different world. I'm not sure that's exactly what they're representing. But there's also the continual Brooke Williams character was the continual references to butterflies. So a renewal there from your cocoon out to be a butterfly. Like she said, don't worry, you're going to become a butterfly now. So they have some sort of agenda for our Earth to birth another planet for them or or something like that so we'll see what happens in the next few episodes of what's going on (laughs) with the butterfly what do you guys think of the butterfly comment i was going to ask i doubt this is going to be connected but in mayan mythology the god of fire uh is represented as a butterfly (laughs) or if you're going aztec let me see if i can pronounce this istpapa tzlotl the obsidian butterfly Stands for purification and rejuvenation by sacrifice. That would sound like what I would expect here. Michelle, what do you think? I think it's interesting. I am curious about where these Mad Max Fury Road types are coming from. (laughs) I thought of Mad Max when the truck came out. Same. I tweeted about it. I had to. Come on. Definitely had a Mad Max vibe to it. Or a if you're familiar with uh, Knight Rider. It had a similar vibe to it as well. Not enough talking cars. <laughs> More war rigs, less talking cars. I'm curious to n- figure out if Sarge is some sort of weird Colson clone thing, or if it goes under the whole doppelganger about how eventually patterns will repeat and we have someone out there that basically looks like us. And they're different. I feel like, you know, in this show in the last season and in the movie that just came out in game, we've been getting a lot of like, you can create alternate timelines. You know, when people travel through time, it forks the timeline. So I think that's what happened. Like they found a place to cross over between the timelines. So we're getting a Coulson from a different timeline, the Mad Max timeline. So I was going to bring up the Coulson character of Sarge being actual Clark Gregg and the fact that it wasn't a spoiler to any of us that had watched any of the trailers because we have seen Coulson for quite some time now in all those trailers. And we realized that that is how the character of Clark Gregg is, or the actor of Clark Gregg is still going to be 
involved in this series. It seems like he's a bad guy, but I don't necessarily know he's a bad guy. I mean, he might be trying to do what's best for his planet, his universe or whatever, and thinking that he can go somewhere else and save his planet. So basically being the pseudo director of S.H.I.E.L.D. from his location, although he doesn't know what S.H.I.E.L.D. is, and trying to write some things for his planet or his universe. Something that I noticed in the dialogue was the Leyline Jumper people kept referring to the people of this planet, I guess, as natives. So I assume that they're from a different timeline, especially because, like we mentioned, we've messed with the timeline previously by bringing Deke back to this present. We have a very clear example of a timeline divergence by the ship that brought Fitz to that future exploding or being cut in half when that never happened. And of course, in Avengers, we have. Well, okay, spoiler, I guess, if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man trailer that's now a shawarma scene for Avengers Endgame, if you see it as of, like, Friday. But they actually discuss, Nick Fury says, hey, due to all the stuff we did, now people from different timelines are just kind of showing up. Like, we've split, there's now different universes that we know about. Yeah, the MCU as we knew it is dead and more on that later it's no longer one solid timeline the infinity stones have been meddled with and this is how we can explain away everything yeah apparently Haley, you got anything else for this episode mm, not that i can think of i think it's cool that we're getting more space stuff oh yeah the cgi was amazing with the zephyr one out there and and doing everything i don't think we're gonna get too much of it i think they kind of blew some of their CGI budget just with this episode with the great visuals of the Zephyr landing and then the attack and everything. So we'll see. And the attack on Fitz's ship too, which was very brief at the beginning. So we'll see what else they can pull off. They did have a lot of time, but I don't know what their budget was like to pull this off. Michelle, anything for the episode? I am digging Daisy's new look. Oh yeah. It's actually inspired by the marvel rising comic uh and cartoon well these are the only inhumans that we have left right well unless if that one is still alive on the moon okay let me rephrase <laughs> oh, these, yeah <laughs> we these are the only inhumans we have left in the on the screen presence because the inhumans was canceled and we're not going to get inhumans in the mcu because they've got the mutants back so i think this is going to be it for the inhumans lauren anything else for the episode Oh, I'm just so glad to have it back. I kept forgetting to live tweet on Friday because I just kept getting so caught up in what was happening. Again, I keep mentioning that every now and then I'll be like, oh, I like a thing. And then it'll come back and I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I really like this thing. And this was one of those examples. It's been a year, you guys. It's been almost an entire year since we last had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now they're here and they're talking and they're doing stuff and questions are being answered and we're getting more questions. And I just, we have it for like, what, 10 more weeks? Nine more weeks now? I'm so happy. So that happened last time too. It's like we 
we were on hiatus for a while and then we watched the Inhumans and we forgot how good Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was until it came back. Marvel, is this your plan? Are you just going to string us along like this forever? <laughs> uh, who knows when Agent uh, when season seven is going to air and who knows if it's going to be next year or not? 2020. That's what it says on IMDb. Uh, so we don't know if it's going to be January, summer or next fall. Like if they'll squeeze one episode in at the end in December. <laughs> that would really suck. All right, I'm glad to have the show back and grateful that the showrunners wrote this episode. Clark Gregg came in as director. I, I think, you know, I got the sense that they were trying to hide the fact that he was still involved after Coulson's death, that Clark Gregg was still involved, but we kind of all saw through that and then they just gave up after a while. And yeah, looking forward to the next 12 episodes. It's, it's 13 episodes, right? Yes, thirteen. Yeah, so we got twelve oh more episodes, God. and then another season. We have season. more weeks. Then we're gonna have thirteen episodes, and then we're gonna have to find something else to watch. Ah, uh, there's plenty. We're really hurting for Marvel content, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's a drought. We just finished Runaways, and looking forward to season two of Runaways, and lots of stuff going on there. So yeah, next week we'll be talking about actually not we two of us will be talking about the next episode of agents of shield which is window of opportunity which that name sounds familiar <laughs> oh lord we will not however be streaming it because i don't know how me either it will only be Haley and lauren i have a family thing going on and michelle is taking the night off as well so you'll get the two ladies next time and then i will be back at least for the third episode are you ladies ready for some news yes All right. Um, we've talked a little bit about the box office for the little indie film in game. James Cameron had some words to say to Marvel recently. He tweeted on his Instagram a picture. It's the Titanic being sunk by an iceberg, but instead of an iceberg, it's the Avengers logo sort of peeking out like an iceberg. And it says <laughs> to Kevin and everybody at Marvel, an iceberg sank the real Titanic. It took the Avengers to sink my Titanic. Everyone here at Lightstorm Entertainment salutes your amazing achievement. You've shown that the movie industry is not only alive and well, it's bigger than ever. And apparently it's bigger than ever because Pikachu on seated <laughs> Endgame this week. So that kind of rocks my predictions on, on if the movie. third week. Well. On its third week. And considering that Pokemon is a huge worldwide thing that. Lots of children have since the 90s have grown up with. It's going to diversify the box office because this is not the only thing coming up. You've got Dark Phoenix coming up. You've got a lot of movies that are coming up this summer. And I just don't know where Endgame is going to stop. I know yeah. it's going to get more than it is right now, which is about yeah. $2.485 billion as we record yeah. this podcast. But I just I don't know if it's going to be domestic is what it's at right now. And I think it's going to pass Avatar, which is 760, like probably in the next week or two. But I don't know if it's going to go much past 800 or so. I don't think it's going to beat Star Wars. Yeah, at 930, whatever Nine, it is. Yeah, 936, I think. Yeah. And then Avatar Worldwide is at 2.77 billion. I think that's obtainable, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to beat that. I don't, I don't know. It, like I said, diversified worldwide box office. I don't know. All right. Well, next up, 
we have uh marvel we've discussed before you know lgbt characters and the lack thereof in the mcu but they're planning to reveal one they're not only planning to reveal one they're saying that a character that has already been on screen that we know will be revealed as gay in an upcoming film according to an interview that the russo brothers had on ew morning live joe russo said there have been insinuations about other characters sexuality but this is the first openly gay character talking about the character that he played in avengers endgame so the interviewer said who else is gay joe said uh we're gonna find out and anthony said that's a story for another day so previously marvel studios president kevin feige not karen feige kevin feige said two openly gay characters would be revealed, both ones you've seen and ones you haven't seen. And that could actually bring us into our next story. Richard Madden in talks to star in The Eternals. So we've talked about The Eternals and how they want to have a gay character in that film. They've been very clear about that. And Richard Madden is currently in talks to possibly play Icarus, a member of the Eternals. So the thing is that over the past several months, there's been a lot of speculation about Richard Madden, who's previously known for playing Rob Stark. He's also currently on Netflix's The Bodyguard. But there's been a lot of gossip about who he's dating. He's dated women before in the past, and he may currently be dating Sam Smith's ex, Brandon Flynn. And there's some speculation that he may come out as gay, bi, queer, whatever, before he accepts the role. Who knows? It's all speculation. And nobody should be pressured into coming out if they do not feel comfortable. But again, it would be nice to have an openly queer person play a queer character. In any case, it would be nice to actually just have a queer main character I know that Tessa Thompson, who they said, oh, the you know, openly gay character, Taika Waititi was pressing for, they, they actually filmed stuff with Valkyrie leaving a woman's room, and that was cut. Tessa Thompson is openly bisexual. They were trying to include a scene with Io, who was played by Florence Kasumba, and who is a lesbian in the comics. That was written and storyboarded, and it didn't make it into the movie. So, again, it's not that people haven't tried to do this before in the movies. It's that it was either cut. Well, mostly it was just it was cut. They didn't care enough about it to include it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we've, we've talked a lot about it before. Not much more to say about that. Um, another movie that we won't be seeing soon. <laughs> But we've talked about before is New Mutants. Hey, remember the last time New Mutants got pushed? It got pushed again. Tis this time season. to 2020. So its new release date is April 3rd, 2020, almost a full two years after it was originally supposed to hit theaters. Is it still going to be a horror movie? Yes, it's still going to be a horror movie, at least as far as we know. And speculation is that it has a tricky time fitting in with Disney's portfolio of, you know, all their planned Marvel movies that they have coming out. 
We've talked before about how maybe they just want to put this on Disney Plus, but it's at the same time, it's kind of the sunk cost fallacy. So like the studios have put so much money into this and into reshoots and into different cuts and maybe when they release like the you know collector's ultimate blu-ray edition it'll just like you get to pick which genre of the movie you want to watch <laughs> oh my god yeah do you want to watch it with or without the added character i don't i don't know maybe when it goes on like disney plus or whatever it becomes like a bandersnatch sort of deal and you make a you make a decision and it goes to an alternate cut part of the, of the movie and you just get a different experience each time. I don't know how much traction this movie is going to have because it's been years now since they've filmed and when the movie releases. So you're not looking at a sequel because all the actors have moved on to different projects. Oh yeah. No, maybe it'll be a smash success and everyone will want back in on that sweet new mutants action. Uh, and I'm so disappointed because I actually really like the new mutants, but then you've got, you guys have heard my complaints about everything that they did wrong with the casting before. So I'm not going to rehash it. Remember when we thought that Ant-Man was going to be a garbage fire and it wasn't <laughs> good point. Who knows? Maybe they'll pull this one out. Eh. Maybe until then we're going to move on to some feedback. Well, Lauren got to live tweet, and of course, there's interaction on Twitter. We heard from at Nilu Octolin. Yep. At Marvel AOSFC, hashtag Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. IDT, you want to fight with Fitz. I don't think you want to fight with Fitz. The Confederacy is after them, so they're playing possum. So half Cement Boy woke up. Who are we running from now? Woo, this is a lot of action as usual. I forgot. They've been spotted. Yeah, it was a very action-filled premiere. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff gonna happen. So we'll see where they go from here. I do like the mystery part where, you know, we have no idea what's going on. And especially now with the MCU, we have really no idea what's going on. So it's adding that aspect of mystery, which I think is missing from shows after they go back past the first, second season. So I think this is a good remix and we also heard from at andy mingna yep any theories how they will add deke into the mix Rewatched season finale and after his scene in the base there was nothing more i've been thinking about this ever since i saw this tweet and he's off experiencing you know life in not a crap sack world he just found mike's hard lemonade <laughs> Yeah, by now he's moved on to Smirnoff. We had speculated that he might have been snapped away, that it might have been a time thing that uh, did a Back to the Future on him. We don't know what happened with Deke, but he is in the season, so we'll find out. I think, I don't know, something's going to happen. He's going to maybe have some sort of interaction with someone who... who draws him back to the team he's gonna have some sort of information of hey i saw this thing i don't know but i think he will be coming back so now that they broke up yo-yo and mac do you think they're going to further break up daisy and deke they were never really together yeah it's deke wanting to smash his face against daisy's in a consensual manner did you guys not remember the lemons 
Of course I did. Daisy didn't get that. Yeah, I added lemons to the emojis in honor of Deke, who is not in this episode. Sir, not appearing in this episode. I know that Daisy, well, I think Daisy kind of got it at the end, but she was just too busy with everything else because she was the director. But we will see him. And we got a couple of comments on Discord from Snedeker. Yep. First off, wow, that was a good episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was hoping to have some sort of reference to the snap, but I didn't catch anything about that. And are the time travel laws from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. different to that of Endgame? Are we in a different universe to that of Endgame now? Aw man, just so many questions. And then the follow-up. Maybe this answers some questions with an article, a link to an article at comicbookresources.com. Ming-Na Wen says Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has departed from following the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was an interview with TV Line. She says, Ming-Na Wen says, I think at this point it's safe to say that we have departed from following the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that sense and are just telling our own stories and our own situations. All this is happening pre-snap. So, again... Putting that together, putting everything that happened in this episode together, putting everything that happened last season together, and putting everything that happened in Endgame together. I think that everything has gone so wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, jeremy Baramy here that the main Marvel Cinematic Universe is here, and somehow they branched off over to the left or right somewhere along the way. And possibly even branched off from there after that. I don't know. But somewhere along the line. I was thinking about this, and I feel a little bit gypped. And, I, and the reason why is that Maria Hill and Nick Fury were both in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course, you got Coulson, who was in Avengers, you know, and he came over after the death. And then they always said that at some point in time, the Avengers would learn that Coulson was still alive. I think they ever said that. Yeah, they d- they did. It was it was a um, interview that one of the main. It, it wasn't Joss Whedon because, of course, he wants Coulson to be dead. But somebody, I think it was Kevin Feige, mentioned that at some point in time, the Avengers were going to learn that Coulson was still alive. So I kind of feel gypped from all of that. That it just never was going to happen. And at the same time, if they were to just set expectations from the beginning that this was going to be different, first of all, I don't think a lot of people would have watched from the beginning. It's like 12 million people watch the premiere. And second of all, I don't know if it would have had the staying power because they did have the interchanges from time to time that referred back to the MCU. And that was always the expectation. And then they've come out after the years and they've said, look, with the production schedules, there's just no way that we're going to have any crossover like that. And okay, I get it now. It feels like a failed experiment, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still good on its own. I'm happy to have been watching it the last five years. Well, the agents have messed with time. The Avengers have messed with time. It makes sense if it's its own little timeline now. Well, also, we know like there's the timeline thing. And then just in general, Kevin Feige has not been willing to work with the TV side to make this work as well as it possibly could. Okay, I found some Kevin Feige interviews. Whenever they ask, are the Avengers ever going to be made aware that Phil Coulson's alive? All he's ever said is maybe. No, there was one time that he came up and he said that they were going to go ahead and, and they would know at some point. I remember we covered it here on the podcast a couple of years ago. 
of course, it's not going to happen now. It's it's over and done with. And to top all that off, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that basically destroyed the Earth. And in the future, that was all last season. And that wasn't going to happen in the MCU. We knew that was going to happen in the MCU. So, okay, I, I realize that there's a break. I'm not stupid. But at the same time, I'm like, well, it's not how they were advertising it. And now they do have related series that are going to be on Disney+. Plus. You've got all these main characters that are going to be on small screen experiences on Disney+. Plus. you got Hawkeye, you got Loki. You got stuff happening over there, so that's obviously going to have to be connected at some point, although now they have the whole snap thing going on, so I'm not sure where in the timeline all that's going to happen. But that stuff's also all going to be limited run, so they can say, you know, this is where that story's going to start and end, and they don't have to worry about an ongoing story that's going to affect their movies. Fine with that. Yeah, because the Loki TV show could be, what happened to the Loki who took the Tesseract? That's what I figured it was going to be. Yeah, they got to wrap that up. That's just too much of a dangling plot hole right now. And that's all for the comments. Yep. Thank you very much. We're going to take this opportunity and we are going to space jump this one out. Thanks for sticking with us for the past year of hiatus it was 52 weeks so thank you very much and of course sticking with agents of shield we hope you have had a little fun along the way because we have talked some interesting stuff all the way up through endgame thank you to everybody who has replied to the live tweets i love doing them i miss doing them and i will see you all again on friday Look for me on Twitter on Fridays. It is usually me doing the live tweets. Thank y'all so much for being there. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that's listened. We look forward to our next long hiatus together when we get to watch tons of like Hulu, Marvel, Netflix, Marvel, Disney plus Marvel material with you. Yes. Thank you everyone who's listened. And also on Discord, I'm the one active on Discord. For some (laughs) reason, I'm taken to it. I like it a lot. So jump into our Discord server and we can have a chat. Looking forward to that because lots of good stuff going on. I'm sure we'll all have to have our therapy sessions at some point this year. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I just got back from Comic Palooza. Yay! Saw some pictures. Looked like you were having fun. It was fantastic. Check out what I bought from a friend. Gambit hug pillow.
Oh, the Gambit movie's officially dead. Oh, we were just talking about that. It was between this Deadpool and Mercy. And I decided to make uh, eight-year-old me very happy. So yeah, Gambit movie's dead. I think everything from... It is that I'm surprised New Mutants saw your news article on that. I guess they have something in the can and they want to use I it. It's only not dead just because it's already been filmed. Yeah. My cats are mad because we're trying to switch them to a later feeding schedule so that maybe they'll stop being so at night. Mm. We woke up this morning and a bunny rabbit had created a nest underneath our rear steps. Oh, and then when we tried to shoo the rabbit away, not once but twice, the rabbit would go maybe 10 feet away, maybe, probably closer than that, and then stopped. Like, dude, I'm going to get a two by four and go after you if you don't get out of here. Oh, but it's a rabbit. Yeah, but you don't want them underneath your front stoop or your back stoop. Fun. Why not? Well, they dig holes and they may, there's a hole I got to fill out there and that lends to leakage in the basement. Oh, okay. You with your practical things. Yeah. The rabbit itself, I don't mind. Also, my son's dog is coming on Tuesday, so it really doesn't matter if the rabbit wants to lay there or not. It's not going to be able to. <laughs> well, I, I was shocked, though, that it didn't want to run away. So it was really, really being protect, either protective of its space or it was like, what's the big deal? We can all live together. Come on, man. We've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back. It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, I had the, um, the season five finale playing in the background today. I did not know that Lucas Bryant was going to be part of the cast. I know. I, I, I saw him and I'm not, I'm like, Wernos. <laughs> I, I, I have to put, I have to, you know, I'm one of the few people that watched all the seasons of Haven. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. So yay. Yeah. I have actually watched all of it. It was one of those ones that I got mad at myself for watching all the way through. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I just couldn't quit it because yeah. I almost quit it, but then I heard it was like the last and final season. And, and if you say, like it's the last and final season of something I will watch through the end. Yeah. Since I'd already started. Because man, when they did the cabin thing and that was okay. No, it it was the cabin or was the barn or it... Yeah, the barn. Did you meet up with any other podcasters at Comic Palooza, Lauren? Yeah, a couple talked to some people from the podcast program who were doing stuff there like hey this year i'm not i'm feel so stress-free i actually even had time to like play an rpg today i played blades in the dark my character was like a cockney thief who well sort of cockney i mean it was a uh dishonored inspired world it was a dishonored inspired world but my character almost died when we were just about done with the heist because i couldn't keep my mouth shut but we, we escaped and we got all of the stuff we were supposed to steal and it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was nice not having that stress this year. Did you have fun live tweeting? Oh God, yeah, I missed it. 
I kept getting real caught up in the episode. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to tweet. I'm out of practice. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year. Uh, According to the date was May 18th. It's not quite a year, but it's been 52 weeks. Ah, sucks for Freddie Prince Jr. CW has cast Scott Wolf in the role of Nancy Drew's father in their recently ordered TV series. Freddie Prince Jr. played the role in the pilot. Mm. I like Freddie Prince Jr. He's a really good voice actor. Yeah, he played uh, Kanan in. Yeah, he's Kanan. He's Iron Bull in uh, Dragon Age. Yeah, he's in Mass Effect. He's he's a really good voice actor, and he's just like a good dude. Wonder why they recast him. They're like, oh, we wanted to go in a different direction. ABC's Kobe Smulders pilot has recast a male lead. Mark Webber cast it, and he did not take it well. Apparently, he says it's because he's not handsome enough for the executives. I didn't realize she was getting her own series. Yep, called like Stump Town or something. Oh, yeah, it's based off a comic book. That's why it sounds familiar. Greg Rucka. Yeah. Oh, he's a fantastic writer. The art in it isn't my style. I mean, it. it's like one of those like nine panel things. And there's a lot of. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's pretty good, but it's just. That's the art. Okay. Yeah, it, it's just like um, really dense. And sometimes that just. Oh, it's like, on your press. Yeah, it's like sometimes. Yeah, like sometimes just let the art breathe, you know. Yeah, it's a a noir kind of. Yeah, it's only press, so I think I might. If I don't, I'm kind of reluctant to get it because right now I'm only press and Lionforge merged and kicked out a bunch of their creative team, including some people I really like. Uh, I actually talked and met one artist and writer at. Comic Palooza, who was one of the ones who got booted by the merger and now doesn't have insurance. And she's actually like a Dwayne McDuffie award winner. And I need to actually sit down and read the book that I bought from her because it sounds amazing. It's like, hey, here's a woman with mental problems who works in a museum of medical oddities and makes friends with a ghost. And I'm like, I am here. Hmm. Anything in the news that's a uh, uh, duplicate from last week? Uh, we only did one news item last week, and that was the box office, which yeah. I looked at that today. Detective Pikachu beat it this week, which is kind of to be expected. What's that? Detective Pikachu beat it this week, which is kind of to be expected. Oh, Detective Pikachu's out? Record opening for a video game. So excited. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Well, it's Ryan Reynolds. I think this is a case of where it's Ryan Reynolds. It's plus it's Pokemon. Everybody loves Pokemon. Like generations of kids by now have grown up on Pokemon. And it's really cute looking Pokemon too. Like they managed to do realistic and cute. Mm. I don't know if it's going to, if Endgame's going to top Avatar then. Yeah, we were making fun of. There was a guy in a Sonic like mascot costume waiting in line with us at the Rob Paulson line. And we were joking like, wow, you look, you look different in the movies. I think you look better in person. 
I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, less toothy in person. And stalling out worldwide, it was only 2.485 million. My in-laws went to see it for Mother's Day. Pikachu or Endgame? Endgame. They could give a shit about Pokemon. I think Endgame's still going to make money. Oh, yeah. Endgame's still going to make money over the course of the next few weeks. People are still going to go $3 billion. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to make three hundred or three hundred fifty million to top Avatar at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to top three billion either. Cat, oh hi, here, hi bug. Hi. How's Pike doing? Uh, he's terrible and adorable. And last night and this morning, he was asleep in the curl of my arm. He's very cute and very bad. I forget which episode it was of Defenders, but in the post credits, it's the first time that you talk about Pike and (laughs) you had no intention of taking him in at that time. We weren't sure if we were going to, because again, we, I didn't want to get too attached because I was like, well, what if he's like FIV or Feluk positive? Hey, she's here. Yeah, and, and like, what if, you know, because I was like all for picking in a kitten, but I was like, but what if Scott's not ready yet? But then we just fell in love with Pike really quickly. And then it was like, please don't let him be FIV or Felix positive because we really love this stupid kitten. Lots of kitties in the background today. <laughs> yep. They are. Oh, who is that? He's very traumatized. By this whole move business. Oh no! Was she just moved today? No, what two weeks ago now? But Sarah's cat is not a fan of Felicity and is not nice to her. Oh, so okay. The way that I got when when I first when Fatty and Tonks, I first got them together, they didn't get along, and I was like, okay, well, this works with rats. I'm gonna do it with cats. I just sprayed them with scent, so they got really confused. (laughs) And I was like, well, now neither of them smell like each other, and they're both really confused. And by the time it wore off, they and I just gave them a whole bunch of treats. Because with Mm -hmm. rats, what you do with them is you put chocolate pudding all over them and throw them in a bathtub together. Really? Yeah. That's how you get two rats who are unfamiliar with each other to get used to each other. Do they lick the chocolate off of each other? Or? Yeah, it's it's like a big rat chocolate orgy. <laughs> God, that is I'm something. Really glad that that's on tape. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the worst thing I said today in the game we were playing earlier. Uh, we were playing Blades in the Dark earlier. We're crawling through the sewers and it, ghosts are a part of the game because, you know, the whole thing is demons and now there's no more afterlife because demons are there on Earth. So they're like, yeah, there's no ghost in here. I'm like, really? I'm surprised this place isn't full of dead babies. And everyone's like, oh, and I'm like, what? It's the Victorian era. All right. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll shut up now. And it was like, no, no, it's fine. It's going to be one of those days. All right. It's been one of those. It's been one of those weekends. It's great. All right. Broadcast has been successfully terminated by Sarge. Woot. Good show, ladies. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.